Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode as we learn, grow, and flourish together as a community of women. Hi there, this is Penny. Welcome to the Flourish Podcast today. Well, we have a special guest with us today, none other than Keith Tusi himself. So I asked him to come and share today on something that's very dear to his heart. He has just come back from his fifth trip to Ukraine and has done so much to come alongside people there. And I wanted you just to be able to have an opportunity to hear straight from him some of his passion, some of his vision, and some of the objectives and what they're doing. So I thought we could start off by just kind of sharing about your initial trip and how you got involved in, in this overall. Well, when I, when I heard about the war, obviously my heart was moved and I realized there, you know, there's a very active church in Ukraine. You know, there's, there's a network of strong believers there. And I knew that they were going to be desperate for any kind of help and assistance we could give. And so, uh, you know, one thing led to another. I contacted some fr- friends in Romania and uh, we went up to the border to see how we could help because the first great need was helping people leaving the country. There was just, you know, uh, I guess records say now there are 8 million people rushed the borders to leave the country. Right. In, a, in a country of, you know, about 45 million, that's a lot of people. And about another 7 million people who left the areas they were living in. So that's 15 million people that were moving that needed housing, they needed food, that needed love they needed encouragement that you know was in the winter it was snowing uh, they needed a warm place to go and so it was all hands on deck but we also realized during that very same time there was there were people still in the country who weren't going to leave they felt called to stay where they're at some of them couldn't leave and we wanted to try to get to them so obviously your initial trip really helped you to see an overarching picture of what was going on and the fact that you indeed along with other people that have gone with you could really come alongside and make a big difference for them so your last trip you just got back less than a week ago what are you finding are the current conditions now there well we're we're focusing on the war zones we're focusing on the areas that have really been decimated by war uh, many of them where Russian soldiers actually occupied as foot soldiers, occupied the neighborhoods and the towns and the cities. And the Ukraine army has pushed them out now, but there's still such, you know, incredible devastation. Uh, you know, everything is broken. Utilities are broken. Streets are broken. Businesses and factories are broken. There's no work. Uh, and in spite of that, people are, are trying to rebuild uh, our first mission was to really find, you know, people that we felt like we could really work with, you know, leaders uh, that had the kind of the same spiritual DNA, same local church emphasis as we did. And God was good to us. And we, you know, we identified those people right out of the chute. And, uh, you know, we met them in Kharkov, you know, with thousands of people standing in line to get food. You know, their church was bombed out, holes, windows blown out, holes in the ceiling, shrapnel, you know, looked like gunfire. It was actually missile fodder, you know, blowing out the side of their church. And there they were in the streets leading worship and feeding people 
and preaching the gospel. And I said, okay, these these are our people right here. Yeah, share a little bit about your perspective about the church there and just the character and the nature of how they conduct themselves and their courage and their tenacity and all that. Like, what have you overarchingly seen in the church? Well, they've been, you know, they've been an incredible example and inspiration. And for any believer that would make you proud to be a Christian, all the things you would hope that Christians would do in a crisis, uh, we're seeing these people do. And and I can't speak for everybody in every church. I know it's not true. Uh, Many leaders left the country uh, you know, many Christian leaders there left the country and went, or went to other places, and you can't blame them for that. But we're working with the people that just felt called to stay. You know, I just asked Alusha, one of my dear friends there, uh, why did you stay? He said, because there were people that were still here. And as long as there are people here, I was called to the city, and I'm not going to leave. So, you know, based on that, a lot of his leaders uh, that even left temporarily for a week or two during the heavy bombing mm-hmm. said they were going to go back and stand with their pastor and stand with their church. And and now they've formed this incredible mobilized team that is affecting their whole region. So they're very persistent and tenacious and very sacrificial from what I got from you. Like you said, they make you proud to be a Christian. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're working 16, 18 hours a day. You know, we've stayed with them. We stay in their homes. We're up early. We're gone all day. And this is there every day. For the, for us, and it's an event. You know, we're gone for, you know, 10 days or something. It's an event for us. And uh, But for them, it's been their life for almost two years. The, the exhaustion level uh, that they have faced has been, you know, a, 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 a amazing. So one of the strategies the Lord gave us on our second trip is we basically rented out a hotel in the middle of the country in a somewhat safe zone, and we pulled all the pastors together and just paid for their food and paid for a couple of nights lodging, and and uh, they told us that this, for many of them, this was the first night's sleep they'd had without a siren going off or a bomb being dropped, mm. and you know, that we became, you know, close friends through that. And then we ministered to them through the day. We had long meetings, ministering, sharing, teaching, preaching, laying hands on people, encouraging people. And maybe one of the most significant things is when we gathered some of those people together, many of them didn't even know each other. They were people we had kind of located and connected to one another. And now that is like a, a great network that has formed that is covering thousands of miles uh, and bringing relief and aid to people that are really in need. Hmm. That's awesome. And you said that they have cher- shared with you that it's invaluable that you guys have been there to come alongside them and to encourage them and to help them in practical ways and all that type of thing, that, that it means everything to them. Yeah, be, number one, because they know we're coming in the name of Jesus, and we, we just have the same DNA. You know, we're like we're like brothers and sisters that, you know, we have a language difference, and that's about it. But the culture of our churches and our passions and desires are just so, so much, you know. And uh, they've really given us, you know, free reign to minister and to do whatever we can do. And, of course, we've helped them a lot. You know, last winter we brought, you know, wood stoves, generators by the truckload because people were so cold. And we brought canned meat from other parts of Europe because there was no protein available. And uh, they, you know, they're they're you know overwhelmingly appreciative of that but they they tell us all the time it's it's our presence there 
you know, because their greatest concern, and they feel somewhat forgotten by the rest of the world already, but for a leader to say to his leaders and to the people around them, look, we've got American friends here that are that are believing in us and helping us, and they see us helping, uh, that's a great inspiration to them. So what you're saying, too, is more than, <clears throat> excuse me, humanitarian aid from just government agencies or things like that, the church is by far the most active group of people that is helping them. Is that correct? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you know, one of the things we did was one of the best decisions I think I've ever made is we made a decision to spend a good bit of money right on the front end. We bought three heavy-duty cargo vans that can haul, you know, several tons per piece. And we just basically set up a relay system where we were just hauling stuff in every day and a lot of the humanitarian organizations, uh, names we wouldn't even recognize from Europe, they, you know, they wouldn't go into the war zone, but they had goods that they wanted to deliver. So our vans became the vehicles to deliver those goods, along with some of the goods we were purchasing. So they became a vital link. So that's like a tremendous help to them. Those vans, oh, yeah, in they, and of themselves. Yeah, that was that was a God thing that that we made the decision to do that. Uh, you know that was a big that was a big investment that was a big idea but you know god's people uh, responded and they've they've piled the miles on these vans hmm. uh it, it's just amazing on our last trip of course that's what we were driving we were driving whatever vans we had a, a ukraine driver that knows the war zone well you know you got to know where you're going and what you're doing there can't make a mistake and uh, of course we're loaded with goods we're loaded with people we took the medical team in we had several of the vans loaded up, caravans like that. Uh, and so now, you know, they've turned this thing around. Now they're planting churches, which is, I tell people it's like watching Acts, the 29th chapter. You know, of course, Acts only has 28, but this is 29 being written. Hmm. And uh, how they're doing it, no no one has, I've never seen this happen before. I, I've read a lot of church history. I've never quite seen this before. Hmm. That's amazing. Well, <clears throat> the fact that you're refreshing the leaders and the pastors in and of itself is a great thing to do, being as they are really pouring themselves out and, and just spending themselves, and you guys coming in just to help them and bless them and even give them gifts and feed them and take care of them is, is really a, a great thing. Uh, people that are listening, I'm sure maybe some of them wonder, well, what could I do to help with all this? Obviously, you can't take large groups of people over there on a mission trip at this stage in the game, I'm assuming. No, not right now, but there there will be a day, and I hope it's soon, where we can bring uh, waves of teams in. We could bring a team in every month. There's going to be so much ministry. Uh, there's a lot of death and destruction. There's a lot of older people that have nobody. Uh, it's one of the greatest needs right now are, are elderly people there in the country. Uh, people that have suffered tremendous trauma, have seen their families killed, they've lost their livelihoods, they've lost their homes, they've lost their families. Uh, so the trauma and ministry and healing needs are tremendous. Uh, there, there's just so many needs, but you know, I just felt like the Lord said, "Do what you do well, encourage leaders." And so that's what we've plugged into. Uh, obviously, we don't go empty-handed. We always go bearing the things that they need. Uh, because we have so much to give, it would be, you know, uh, hypocritical for us to show up empty-handed. 
but like they trust us. I mean, they gather all the pastors together. Our last time there, we did three pastors conferences, you know, back to back to back in different regions, all affected by the war. And, uh, you know, one of the comments to one of the pastors that hadn't met us before, he told one of the organizing pastors, he said, are, are you sure these people are Americans? <laughs> they seem to understand us. Wow. <laughs> so we took that as a great compliment. For sure. And so how could a listener perhaps be of help in any way? Uh, there's just a tremendous uh, ongoing financial need. Uh, you know, the, the, there's just great needs. And right now, mm-hmm. even in church planting, uh I mean, we're going into areas, uh, we've established 14 new churches now, and in 13 of those towns, there was no church of any kind. In the other town, the 14th town, there was actually a Baptist church, uh, but it was a larger town, so there's certainly more room. But we're going in, we're feeding people, we're renting buildings, uh, we're you know transporting other Ukraine teams in to do that. you got to remember, everybody's out of work, or a lot of people are out of work. Like in the Kharkov region, over there's over 50% unemployment right now. It's going in the right direction. It's building back up slowly. Uh, so, you know, we're supporting these workers, uh, doing everything we can to help them. So if people wanted to contribute, how would they go about doing that? Uh, they can go to nrpastors.com, and they can. Uh, there's a Ukraine uh, give button there. And... Uh, Every every gift is helpful, and a hundred percent of what they're giving goes right on the field. You know, there's no nobody gets paid. We don't have any overhead. Everybody that goes on a trip pays for their own trip and pays for their expenses. Mm-hmm. So we're able to deliver, you know, the goods for what we get. And the good thing in Europe right now, the dollar is very strong. So we're, our purchasing power actually there is is quite good. What we're able to produce for what we're buying. Well, I just thought, you know, one last question, and then you can close with any comments you have. But do people there feel hopeful about this situation at all in general, like overarchingly? They want to be hopeful. Who against hope or believing in hope like Abraham did? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're hopeful in that every day there's a little bit of progress. But when you look at the big picture around them, the death and destruction and, you know, getting their lives back, uh, I, I think they're leaning in and they're fighting very hard. And, our, and again, our presence and our help really gives them that hope. That's great. <clears throat> Excuse me, any any closing words? Well, I think there's been a lot of misinformation in the body of Christ about Ukraine and different political scenarios. And, you know, that's really not what's on our, our agenda. Our agenda is the church. These are our brothers. These are our sisters. These are God's sons and daughters. And they're a, they're a very active church. And I believe prophetically that Ukraine is going to be the door to Europe because this group of people we're working with, uh, is they're, they're very committed to spreading the gospel. That's wonderful. Well, thank you for taking time to come and share with the Flourish audience. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get this opportunity too often. Well, no, we did last year. I think we talked about Christmas, which was right before Christmas time. We talked about how challenging doing Christmas is with, for you, yeah. with me. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's, I'm glad you were able to come and share this, and I know people have an I, interest. I would just ask every if every person would just do a little bit a little bit you know the cost of one good meal eating out 
is, is literally a life-changing scenario for people there. So if everybody could help a little bit, it would it would really be amazing. Okay. Well, thank you very much, and thank you all for listening. Um, we're going to put a little post up about the fact that I'm going to take the month of December off from doing new podcasts and just probably post some old ones there for the month of December. And then we'll pick up again in January, but, you know, maybe you could use that time to catch up on uh, the ones that you have missed out on. But thank you so much for being a part of the Flourish podcast. Love you all. Thanks for listening to the Flourish podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. For more information about Flourish, our annual conference, or to join our community of women, visit nrpflourish.com. See you next time.